Okay. Cool. Well, here we are again. <sighs> here we are again. Never knowing time, how to weird, start this one awkward, out. Awesome. <laughs> Never fails. This is Rage Against the Pod, the weekly music podcast where every episode we get into a different Rage Against the Machine song and we break it down. We get into the nitty gritty of it. We really dissect the song and we sometimes go on little tangents. But sometimes my name is Tyler and way out there, way out in the ether, thousands of miles away or hundreds of miles away is, uh, is Jeff. Now, I want you all to go to iTunes and I want you to go there and rate, review and subscribe to us on it. Follow us on social media at Rage Against the Pod. <sighs> and you know what? I think that's about it, right, Jeff? Oh, I'm already bored. Yeah. Is that it for the pod? Are we good? Yeah, because you sound like you're bored. Yeah. All right. Well, you, what else you got to say? I don't know. Yeah? That's what you got to say? I guess, I guess that's it. <sighs> oh, my God. You tire me. All right, there we go. We're doing, uh, if you didn't already know by the title and by the song that just played, we're doing Rage Against the Machine song, uh, Tire Me. This one was off their second record, Evil Empire, that came out in 1996. Uh, it was never really a single. It didn't get any radio airplay, anything like that. Uh, no music video. But goddamn, is that, is, is it, isn't it a banger, Jeff? It is quite a banger. Fuck, it is so damn good. Um, so yeah, let's just give our, let's give our first impressions on this song. What do you got? Take it away. Um, wow. We're to begin. I'm just going to put on the spot here. I mean, we've been doing this, we've been doing this for like four years, but you know, really been putting on the spot, you know, like five years, well, you know, yeah, you you and I've been potting for, for, for quite a while now. So yeah, this one, uh, this one's always been kind of like one of my faves, one of my favey faves and when I got this album, Evil Empire, back in the Dizay, this one was a, a fave of mine back then as well. Mostly because I just I love the Jackie Onassis part of this song, and mm-hmm. I like I like to scream like "Please don't die" because it's it was fun for me at the time. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's still now fun. like reading like it is it is reading about it. I mean I don't know if it was like real or not or if she actually said that, but there is there is somebody who said that. That was like what Jackie said as she was like picking at the skull fragments of her husband's face in the back of the of the car. She was like, "Please don't die." And that, knowing that, if that's true, that's pretty fucked up. That's pretty sad. I mean, it probably is. I mean, what else are you gonna say? <laughs> know, <right? laughs> oh no! Oh, please don't die! I mean, she, please don't die <laughs> like that because she's crying and some Zach's kind of like crying. Was... <laughs> I mean, she's both probably hysterical. hysterical. Right? Yeah. yeah, and Zach sounds hysterical, so it makes perfect sense. But now that's my favorite part too. But so yeah, that that that's a good one. I mean, it's it's a great fucking song. And my my thing with it with this song, uh, Evil Empire was the like really the last Rage album I ever heard. Uh, but this was always one of those songs that stood out because it's so heavy and it's so fast. It's it's an intense song. It's very very aggressive. Every instrument is just insanely aggressive. But it it adds to the entire song and. Like Jeff was saying, that whole breakdown right there where he's just, it's just him and uh, Brad just playing that bridge. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot and of noises really tonight. Going for it. <laughs> I know, seriously. 
Jesus Christ. Um, so, I mean, I guess before we get into the lyrics real quick, because that's where we tend to spend most of our time, uh, the song, from what I was reading, was mostly inspired by um, and shortly and written shortly after the death of uh, President Richard Nixon, and he died on April 22nd, 1994. Um, and even there's even there are two lines in this song, too, that kind of directly reference Richard Nixon and kind of like the way that the U.S. I mean, this entire song is kind of like talking about like the change in, in, in U.S. society and politics and how everything was portrayed in the media. The 60s were like a true turning point in that. And uh, yeah, that's that's really kind of that's kind of like an overview of what we're going to be getting into, I guess. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Uh, do you want to do you want to talk some some about the the instruments or do you want to get straight into the lyrics? What do you want to do? Uh, we can get into the lyrics. The lyrics, they weren't. Um, I've just never really noticed how there's not a whole lot there. Like the, they, he just kind of repeats like the chorus constantly. There's a lot of repetition, and so I never, I just never really noticed it, because mm-hmm. I was always just like yelling "tire me," and there's actual lyrics too that are not just him saying "tire me," and <laughs> like in the second verse and he's all the I'm talking about Laos and everything. I never even knew that was in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, those two lines that I was just talking about too. I, I never knew what he was saying because I mean, See, I most you of can't the, understand him. You can't understand him in the song, yeah. All you can hear, all honestly, like you said too, the only thing I could understand him saying was "tire me." That's it, and then the Jackie and Ass part, but that's about it. Everything else is pretty, is pretty, uh, pretty rough, but uh, but it works, rough. man. It, it totally works. Uh, let's get into the first verse. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Tire me. You're in front of me. Tire me. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to tire me. What tire is, me. So what does like tire me even mean? Like, like somebody's trying to wear him down, like that's what society I or something's just wearing him down, wearing down like his psyche and just wearing down just like how I guess psyche is the best word I can think of. That's that's kind of how I I take that line. What do you think? I I got that too. Um, even given the song titled "Tire Me" and the structure of it, with I, I mean I don't, we'll go back and forth between the lyrics and the instruments, mm-hmm. but this song is, is is set up a little bit different than what Rage is kind of like known for and were big at the time is starting a song a little bit slower, a little bit heavier, and then speeding it up at the very end. But this song does like the opposite. This starts off very very fast, and it ends in like the same way, mm-hmm. but it just it gets very slow at the end. It, it breaks it down and gets slower and more heavy, and so kind of keeping in the theme of he's actually getting tired within the song. Yeah, I didn't even think him, about it that way. It slows down and cause, because he's tired. He's tired of it all. He's like, I'm fucking done. Yeah, when the drums go, da-da, doom, da-da, doom. And then it just like breaks and it just goes back into the normal time. Yeah. They, they, they half time everything in the song really appropriately. That's great. That's good. I didn't even, I didn't even catch that. Got to catch it. But him. also like like struck lyrically, what? You got to catch him. What? Foul, foul balls. I you got to catch him. You got to catch them all, I guess. Uh, but it's also weird that the the chorus doesn't really hit. There actually really is no chorus. It's like the chorus is is intertwined within the two verses. Yeah. And then you, and then it jumps into the bridge, and then there's like a second bridge, and then there's the outro. Yeah. So it's just kind of it's a really really weirdly structured song. 
especially for them because norm i mean besides like killing in the name or like bullet in the head everything is pretty straightforward structurally like pop rock in, in a pop rock sense but this one is very unusual and i never i never realized it until today when i was doing all the research on it but it, it it's really it's really cool i like it it's because we're Makes blinded by song. the the rad music and waiting <laughs> to yell the Jackie Onassis part. <laughs> Seriously. Like everything it's else like is, is, is like doesn't matter. Like you could take out all of the vocals and just keep the music and then keep in the, the Jackie Onassis part and I'd still be happy. It's almost like the offspring's bad habit. It's like you only really remember two parts of that song <laughs> because you, you, you just know the beginning and then you know the part when you get to the yell. Stupid, dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker part. Yeah. That's all people really remember from that song. That's all we care about. Yeah. It's my favorite part. That's true. It's the best part. <laughs> uh, but so lyrically, what I got from this first, ver- first verse is that um, it's just kind of, it kind of, he's talking about how TV, how everybody's starting to get like a TV in the 60s, like a home TV, and how they're just kind of just constantly being inundated by politics and kind of being man- manipulated by, especially at the time, the first lady, Jackie Onassis, or Jackie Kennedy. Um, Jackie because Bouvier. is that wait? I thought Onassis was her maiden name. That, no, that was when after Kennedy died, she married some other. Oh, boob, is that what it was? Whose last name oh, was Onassis? Yeah, her okay. her her OG name, her Christian name, as it were, is <laughs> Bouvier, like Marge Simpson, Marge Bouvier, oh Jackie Bouvier. Do you think that was, that had to be intentional? From yeah, I've never heard of anybody Bouvier. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's just what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like that that's kind of what, what it was about. And then like how, how everybody was so obsessed with, obsessed with Jackie Kennedy and they thought of her as like a role model, especially women in society, in U.S. society. And and it made me think of my, uh, my grandma who was a hardcore Democrat. She still is. But at, in the 60s, she was. She loved the Kennedys so much. And even like, up until recently, she still talks about the Kennedys, and she talked about how much she loved Jackie Kennedy and all this. Guy. And she she would she would tell me like, oh yeah, everybody wanted to be like Jackie Kennedy. Everybody wanted to design their house or like the interior design like Jackie Kennedy because I guess like on TV back in the '60s they used to have um, like tours of the White House, but they would televise it on TV. And at the time, she was the first first lady to actually in, do the interior design of the White House. So it was like a uh, like a turning point in kind of modern society and how we view certain things in the media. And I thought that was really interesting. And this, this verse, this whole song really kind of talks about that, how people are just kind of blindly just kind of looking at it and then wanting it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, you you definitely, that's, that's what it seems like it's rolling towards because I think Zach's, he has, he has the ability to go deep. I was trying to read this from, from different like perspectives. One perspective i was i was trying to read it from was somebody maybe like a housewife at the time or even now who who is tired of, of like putting on makeup who's tired of doing all these things that is expected of her by society and that's why the song is is kind of like violent in the beginning and then like i said slows down at the end when he goes into the we're already dead part mm-hmm. i was trying to read it from like different perspectives like that but i just don't i don't i mean you you could probably stretch it a little bit yeah but I don't. I don't think that's that's what's going. On. I think it's pretty straightforward here. I think so too, and I think it's pretty hyper specific to a point in a period of time. Because normally, too, what Zach likes to do, he likes to 
to to show how the similarities between then and now and you can make some connections to like modern society in the mid 90s or even maybe now but in this song specifically it's very much the 1960s you know what i mean you can't it, it, i've i don't know yeah you can't really can't really look at it any other way i feel i don't know what got me was was talking good. about he, he he says that he he wants to be Jack Onassis. He didn't want to be like her. He wants to be Jack Onassis, and that's yeah. kind of like a weird concept. Is is you idolize somebody to the point where you shadow them because you want to be like that person. To actually want to be that person, I mean, that's on a whole different level of weird. But that's the level of of obsession that we started to get into as we started to consume more media in the '60s. And and on onward, you know, it's like like if you look at, at, at media in the '60s, or like movies and TV, it was it was pretty tame. But then once you get to the '80s and you start to get like product placement and you start to get like merchandise, like especially with Star Wars, like people like kids in the late '70s, they wanted to be Luke Skywalker, they wanted to be certain characters, they wanted to be certain people because of what they saw, because of like I said, product placement and merchandising. You know what I mean? And I feel like this. The 60s, the early 60s were the start of that. You saw it some in the 50s, but with with the with everybody getting their own TV set in their home, that's when things really started to change, I think. It's just it's just gross. Even today, like kids It's even worse now. I don't know, because kids don't they don't want to be post Malone. They don't want to be XXX Tentacion. I I don't know, maybe just the few kids I come into contact with who like that type of music. They want to be a famous rapper. They don't want to be Post Malone. You know what I mean? There's a difference of wanting to be like Post Malone and wanting to be a famous rapper and make music and be similar to that. And then it's not wanting to be Post Malone. And that's just, that's weird to me. That's bizarre. That's, that's first of all, that's having an unrealistic goal because you're never going to be Post Malone. It's not going to happen. True. But then, but then look at it, look at it this way. Look at all the people that want to be like the Kardashians. They want to have a ton of money. They want, they want to, be they like want to the look like the Kardashians. They or they want to be the Kardashians because they want that lifestyle. They want they want to look like them. They want everything that the Kardashians have. They want to they essentially want to be them at that point because and just it's that whole influencer lifestyle that really kind of wants to to be that. You know what I mean? I mean that was the biggest reason why I wanted to look at this through like a different pair of eyes be, because of the I want to be Jackie Onassis part. Because I I do think that's a very old way of thinking. He's actually want to be somebody. I want but to maybe be Babe Ruth. I want to be Willie Mays. I want to be these people. Not I want to be like them. Well, just because he said I want to be Jackie Onassis, that it still could mean I want to be like Jackie Onassis. I don't know, man. You know, it I doesn't. Feel like he chooses it doesn't have to pretty pretty specific. Yeah, but you don't have to be so literal. I mean, he he may not be literal with it because that does seem kind of insane. But who knows? But everything else kind of goes I mean, along. We could always call of, him up and ask him, I guess. <laughs> everything else kind of could probably be so mad or something. I don't know. I feel like he's, he's always pissed off. No, he's, he's toned down a lot. I feel like he's actually pretty nice now. <laughs> I feel like he's like the opposite. He probably just smokes weed with John Theodore all the time. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know Tyler. What do you want from I don't me? know. I want you to tell me what this song's about. I'm, you know what? I'm going to lean into it. Fuck it. I don't even care. Just, I mean, going back <laughs> on my notes, because I, I, I kind of wrote two different notes. One going from the perspective of just society or him almost like a professor teaching us that this is bad. And the other one was from the perspective of like a, a housewife from that era. And I'm, mm. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to lean into it because 
the whole like you're trying to tire me that's i'm getting tired of this shit i'm getting tired of fucking doing my hair i'm getting tired of waking up early to make everybody breakfast those things that wives were supposed to do i'm getting tired of not working i'm getting tired of depending upon a man and then the first time he says why don't you get from in front of me like why don't you get the fuck out of my way and let me do me it's kind of it's kind of angry a little bit but then the next verse he says so get the fuck from in front of me now he's now he's now he's planting the fuck in there right He's saying yeah. he's saying the f word. Women don't say bad words. They're not supposed to. They don't do that, <laughs> right? It's true. That's that's well back then. That's yes. what it's, that's what this is supposed to be. That, yeah. I'm still I'm still in that mode. Keep up. Okay. Keep up. Okay. I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't do. sure if you, you if you so get the I, fuck I wasn't from sure if you got into the modern times. Get, no, okay, we're not continue. going the modern times at all. Get the fuck from okay. in front of me. Okay. That's this woman getting more and more angry, and then the next line that says, "Now nah, let's see it broken, bloody, and undressed." That's mm -hmm. like the hammer coming down. Either be it like society, the neighborhood, the husband. This woman wants to be herself. She wants to get out and do her own thing, but she can't because somebody's physically going to stop her. The glass ceiling is going to shatter upon her and crush her to death. <laughs> I mean, that's one way of looking at it. I'm doing it, dude. I'm leaning into it. You are really leaning into that. And the whole part of like, I want to be Jackie Onassis thing because Jackie Onassis, she's a grave digger. Wow. Not a grave digger, a cradle robber, right? The opposite. She marries old wow. people with money. Dang. Well, John F. Kennedy wasn't that old. The next dude she married was like 25 years older than her. Okay, well, I mean, okay. But we're not really, we're talking about the the <clears throat> the John F. Kennedy, or the Jackie Kennedy, not the Jackie O. Well, I guess we have to talk well, about she, Jackie Yeah, Onassis she wasn't Jackie Onassis until she married that's that true. Yeah, yeah, old right. white dude, or the old rich butt nugget. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know what his name was. It was something stupid. I, for, I forgot what his name it was. was. It was, it was something early. Onassis. That's what it was. I do a bit. I gotta look it up because I'm gonna bother me. <sighs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Do you want to move on to the second verse? His, do you want to talk about his name was Aristotle Onassis? Oh my god! What a doucher! <laughs> 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 oh my god! Why Aristotle? Like. Yep. Like, I don't even think irony really existed back then. And, like, somebody being named that now, I can see that. But back then, like, what, in the 1940s or 30s? Like, that's weird. That's just straight up weird. Yeah, and, and, oh, and JFK was, like, 15 years older than Jackie Onassis. Okay, well, that's so not that much older. That's old, man. 15 that's years? That's not that much older. That's like when he was, like, drinking, she was, like, in diapers. <laughs> It's weird when you put it that way, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking butt nugget. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was graduating high school and she wasn't even starting school yet. <laughs> yeah, that's not weird. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that, that's fucking weird. Okay. Is that what let's you call him, a cradle robber? What do you call somebody that marries up rather than down in age? Down in age is cradle robbing, robbing right? Cradle robbing, yeah, when the, like when a, usually when a guy M marries a, marries younger a woman. young girl, yeah. What do you call it when a young girl marries an older guy? A grave robber. Well, grave robbing is like you're digging up somebody's grave to take their jewelry and shit. Yeah, I know, but well, then it would be a. Ah. Uh, then maybe it is grave digger then. Is it grave robbing? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know either. This is We're important not. stuff because Zach's taking <laughs> on that persona. <laughs> I guess so. Shit, should we? No, I don't. I don't. It's not that important. Okay, we'll call it. They both mean the same thing. We know what we're talking. We'll hit about. Hit them up later. Yeah, so we'll we can use. Later. We can use either or. Yeah. What? 
that that's how I saw this, and that's how I'm going to go into it. Is he's actually transforming into the perspective of somebody? Because not the first time that we've, I guess this may be the first time we've seen it, but not the last time we've seen it. In the song Maria, he kind of takes that persona or that personality of Maria. Yeah. Right. So it's not it's not unheard of, or it's not you know crazy to think that he would be doing this as well. But and it's kind of cool that that he can remove himself from himself, I guess, and and take that that interesting perspective. The, this perspective is wildly different than the perspective of him being Maria, because Maria was oppressed, and you know well, her whole I mean, story so was women, tragic. I mean, still today, I mean, women's yeah. suffrage. I mean, that's a huge that's a huge deal, and for Zach to. To do it across bear, like across cultures, I think is is pretty, pretty outstanding. But I yeah. But then also the way he was portraying Jackie Kennedy was very uh, sarcastic and very. Uh, or the or the people that that were worshiping Jackie Kennedy is taking it very sarcastically or doing it very sarcastically and kind of mean. But Maria was more about pity than anything else. What what if the I want to be Jackie? Oh oh oh! Please don't die. Was this woman that he is that he is now being actually kind of being a little um, a little shitty, thinking about the JFK assassination and saying like, "Oh, I hope he doesn't die." You know what I mean? Like, kind of being like a mm-hmm. dick about it. I don't know because like what what better form of jealousy is there than to watch the person you're jealous of break down and become like emotionally vulnerable and become nothing like that's that's what you live for as when you're when you are a jealous person or when you Mm -hmm. are somebody that hates something else like the best thing you could do is watch that thing or that person you hate completely break down true yeah but that's a pretty sadistic way of being and and just kind of viewing this too i mean that's gotta be just like human nature is to be jealous and pissed off at something that's been oppressing you for as, as since the dawn of time yeah, that's true. And that's to end true. it with "we're already dead." I mean, that's women saying we're already fucked. Like, who cares anymore? Maybe just giving up, and that's why the song slows down. Boom! Man, you've you've end taken it. you've taken this this meaning way different than I did. End it. I look. I saw. <laughs> see, I saw this entire song more as like a, a manipulation and propaganda tool. But you're you're taking this on a whole another whole another venture, adventure. So that's good though. That's good. I like I like that you think outside the box. Never, never know. Never know. Yeah, that's true. You never know. I mean, I, I honestly should have texted Zach before this, see what he had You should have. You know, you know, we can't do anything about it now. We're already recording. We're already can't recording. stop and start it again. Uh, let's move on to the second verse. Oof. Now, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that was a long first one there. That was a long one. But we also talked about the bridge quite a bit. That's so true. There's that. Uh, so the second, the second verse, the first two lines, uh, like we were talking about earlier, I never realized this is what he said until today when we read the lyrics, but what he says is, and those colorful, colorful words for the Laos frontiersmen who passed away f- with the truth amidst the eulogies of bliss. I mean, that, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. And he says it kind of fast and, and difficult to understand too. I, I kind of wonder how many takes it took for him to do this. Because it's impressive. It is impressive. Uh, but kind of what I was reading and, and what I got from this too, he this, this these two lines kind of talk about how 
when when Richard Nixon died in 94, <clears throat> when he died, a lot of politicians and government officials and all that stuff, they were coming out and just singing his praises, saying how amazing he was and this and that, but none of them really talked about the shitty things that he did, like Vietnam War, all that bullshit, and then with um, with Watergate or anything like that. You know, He did a lot of shitty things, and the war on drugs, it goes on and on. But people just only talked about the good things that he did or they thought he did. And then it was also found out later on after the war, I think it was after the war that there were a lot of things happening in the country of Laos where a lot of civilians were dying because of, of uh, landmines that were placed by the U S backed or the U S military. And nobody really talked about it or nobody really knew about it until years and years later. And that's kind of what he's referencing with the Laos frontiersman is, is that, is that, you know, innocent people were dying for no fucking reason after the fact, you know, and yeah. it's still like that to this day. I mean, there are parts of those countries of Vietnam, uh, Cambodia and Laos that are still, that still have landmines that aren't deactivated. It's insane that that shit's still around. Mm. It's not like the video games where you can just walk up and disarm it, huh? <laughs> That's true. And take the parts. That's very true. <laughs> what video oh is were you thinking like Call of Duty or something Evil Within I'm playing right now and that's that's oh, one of the things okay. oh okay I but see, it's I another see. it's an, I mean that's not uncommon for video games I guess not I don't know I don't play that many war video games but okay there you go I'm not that cool I guess um, but the second verse too you know it, it it takes kind of a little bit of a different viewpoint of to me it takes a little bit of a different viewpoint of 1960s television and media and how, to me, I think a lot of the things that they thought were going to be positive for them actually backfired, like the Vietnam War, because it was the first war that was televised and the first war that was was live to the public, really. It, it Everything backfired and people turned their backs against the government and the people in the war. And uh, so it, I just feel like this is this is the opposite of what they were trying to go for in the first verse, in the meaning of the, of them that makes sense yeah yeah so that's, that's what i kind of see yeah it makes sense what, what are your viewpoint what are your what are your thoughts on this one i mean again i'm gonna take that position of of that uh of that <laughs> of that woman from the time and, mm-hmm. but that's it <laughs> really that's it well i mean i kind of already went over like the whole thing at once that's true that's true you you covered a lot with your with that viewpoint which i still don't think is it's interesting. It's an interesting thought, but I don't think it all fits, baby. It all fits. I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, that, that's that. We are we good with the second verse? Yep. Okay, let's move on to the guitar solo because that's what we got next. I love the guitar solo. Yeah, it was it's fantastic. really. It was super choppy. It was very disjointed. It was messy. It was sounded gross. Fuck man, it, it it worked in the song so well. There's a good lead a up too. Like the, there's there's a lot of cool drum parts and and B Dubs is doing some really simple things, yeah. but adding a ton of flair. Mm-hmm. And and I I agree. I love the guitar solo. It's because it's not, it's not winky. It's it's what you want from a Tom Morello guitar solo. Like it's perfect. It's it's seemingly simple, but probably technically difficult. I don't know. I don't feel like anything he does is super technical. It's just he knows how to he knows how to play to a song and he knows how to use the right effects 
to play to that song. Wouldn't that be technical, diff- technically difficult? I, I, I couldn't do it. I guess to an extent, but not technically when it comes to, I guess, musical theory or, you know, guitar. You know what I mean? I guess like when I hear the solo because he's Freebird. Because th- he's throwing other things into it. When I hear the solo in Freebird, I know what's going on. I know what he's doing. And I, I, I know that if I practiced it, I could do it. But when I hear Tom Morello's like best solos, I just, I don't fucking know. Do you know what I really like about Morello's solo in this one too? You, you kind of touched about how like B-dubs, he, uh, he just kind of goes off. But what I really like too is when, when he's going off, like Morello is just like playing, oh, it sounds almost like nonsense, you know? And then he kind of like lets that last note ring and then everything else stops. So you just hear that note ring for like maybe a second and then it just kind of goes back into it and then it rings again. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like it's just so perfectly composed. I love it. It's this weird like harmonic type sound. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. But it ran through like a, probably like a wah pedal and all kinds of other fucking effects that he like phasers and shit. But man, it's a solid, solid solo. So good on, good on Tom. And I also want to talk about, you know, adding to the kind of chaos of the song. His guitar playing during the verses is that like, is almost like a, like a, what am I trying to, he plays like the, the low end and then the high string. Like the whole riff itself is chaotic. Like it's not really very, it's not very, it's not a very cohesive thing that he does, but it just adds to the song a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like his fingers are moving constantly, not just like up and down the fretboard, but like the width it's, of it Yeah, it's just well. like, it's like he's just hitting like the low E and the high E. Just like, just like over and over and over again. You know what I mean? But like, like in a weird, kind of like staggered timing. That's the only way I can kind of explain it. She a boy. But it's not even like it's not even the best part of. It. I feel like he's. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to the MVP. But uh, let, let's move on to the um, to the first bridge, where the line is only in a violent time. I never knew that's what he said until today when I read the lyrics. Because it doesn't sound like he says in a violent time at all. But he repeats that over and over and over again. And then it builds and builds and builds and builds. And then we get into the, the quietness of the song. Yeah. The part we've been talking about. Should I should I just play that part? Yeah. Fuck. You got the timestamp on already? I don't, but I'm just going to try to guess. So let's see here. Okay. Oh, um, okay. Here we go. I want to wear a pair of dark sunglasses. I want to be Jackie. Oh, 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 please don't die. Yeah, you're trying to die. Oh. that one snare hit to kick off the next part. Oh, yeah. Dirty. <laughs> it's so disgustingly good. Oh, I love it, man. And she said, great... He just sounds so sarcastic when he says, like, I want to be Jackie Onassis. Look at me. I'm Jackie Onassis. Uh, uh, uh. Or could that just be because he has a nasally voice? I don't know. The, the way he whispers it and the way he... I, I don't know. I feel like he just sounds sarcastic. He could be. He doesn't I use mean, sarcasm it, it a would, lot, It though. would make sense. He doesn't. But, I mean, it, it would make sense with everything else he was talking about in the, the first two verses, especially the first verse. So, I mean, it makes sense. But do we have anything else to say about the uh, the uh, this part right here, the Jackie Onassis part? No. Could we touch on it a lot? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's fine. Okay, and then we get to the second bridge, which is just like, the like I guess you could say like the chorus part 
of the verse, but just taken out and then just thrown in here. So yeah, you're trying to tire me, tire me. I could see you in front of me, in front of me. And he just repeats that several times. And then why don't you get out in front of me? So we already kind of talked about those lines. Um, I don't know, you got anything else to say about those ones? No, that's it. <laughs> and then he fucking ends the song, the outro, with uh, We're Already Dead over and over again. And the band, the rest of the band is just going ape shit. They're just going for it. It's heavy. It's fast. I love it. But then it slows. Mm-hmm. Don't forget it that does. it slows. It does slow, yeah. They get right. tired. <laughs> and it slows down. <laughs> oh, it's Maybe so it's good. like their way of saying we're already dead because you go your whole life, you know, believing something and pushing forward. And no one listens to you and it gets tiring. And then the only time you ever stop protesting or stop being outspoken is when you're dead. And so by him saying we're already dead, it's just like, fuck it, dude. Let's end the song. Let's slow everything down because nothing's going to change. Yeah. Done. And scene. <laughs> Meryl. Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> what? What does he? What does Crystalia do? That something like that. Oh, it's, oh, it's so fucking funny. <sighs> I love ten minute podcast. Are you still listening to it? No, I mean not in bulk, but yes. Okay, as long as you keep listening, that's fine. Uh, have you tried listening to Crystalia's podcast? No, forgot her again. It's fine. You'll get there one day. Like I'll you do with ten minute pod. Um. So yeah, we're done with the lyrics there. Oh, I forgot to mention this too. So like at the beginning uh, beginning of the episode, I said that the song had no video. It wasn't on the radio, nothing like that. But it won a Grammy in 1997 yeah. for the best metal performance. So I don't know how that's possible, but like the bands that it was up against, it was again up against like Korn, it was up against Pantera, White Zombie. I, I don't remember the other band. Oh, it was Nine Inch Nails. And, uh, and yeah, it just... A song that had, there wasn't even a single won the Grammy. It's nuts. Makes no sense. It, Grammys are stupid. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Very, very dumb. <clears throat> um, you want to talk about the... Oh, we, we even talk about uh, Timmy C on this one. That opening bass line. It's, so, cool it's so dirty and like burpy and low and gritty it's really it's really cool it's, it's like you know what i mean like you, you got those burps and <laughs> i guess that's it's like very guttural and raspy <laughs> that's one way of putting it i just wanted to bring that up because we we didn't we we usually talk about timmy c a lot but for some reason we didn't this time because this but one anyway. my mvp mm-hmm. for this one's gonna be a little bit weird okay yeah well no my mvp is pretty solid pretty rock solid but we'll get to that uh, so there were, as far as I could tell, there were no demos. There was an alternate version, but it's included in my lives in the live section that we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, like I said, there's no music video for this. Um, everything live, like from the regular version, has been all has been really, really good. Never a bad performance of the song that I've that I found. Uh, Prophets of Rage uh, with Chuck D and um, Be Real. They never cut. They never played it. Audio Slave never played it. So we're done with that. Um, so what we have here is what I was talking about a second ago, but they did do a live version of it um, differently. And we have we have played something from this particular show. It was from the Radio Free LA. And this was when um, 
Oh man, I'm about to burp. Whoa. When uh, Timmy C and Brad Wilk weren't available, so Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Stephen Perkins from um, Jane's Addiction filled in, and they played a version of uh, Tire Me. I thought it was pretty interesting, so here it is. It's very different. Damn it, I fucked that one up. Hold oh, on. I thought you like cut off. No. Daddy liked this version of it, even though I kind of stopped it by accident. Yeah, I don't know what you were doing there. Because I, I was going to compare it to another. Well, anyway, just. <clears throat> no, it was fantastic. It was great. It was almost as as, as good as the original. Really? You thought yeah. so? Yeah, it was, it was fucking cool. Wow. Did you recognize that that guitar sound from anything else? No. No, you didn't? I don't okay. think so, no. Here, this, this is, he used, Tom Morello reused that sound like exactly in almost that riff. In this song right here, you'll know oh boy. much do you love this song i hate that song but you, do you really audio hate it slave, that much? Uh, so, you, so audio slave did did cover this song is that what you're saying <laughs> or tom morello reused that the helicopter oh, sound with kind of the riff the opening riff what i don't like any audio slave song at all except for <laughs> the remind me song i don't even know that's of the name all of the it. songs man i know what song you're talking about i don't think that's the name of it but i know what song you're talking about I can't it's believe annoying. you don't like this Kochi song. Kochi's annoying. It's so annoying. <laughs> he sounds like he should have a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't like Audio Slave. Oh, that's fantastic. But yeah, he totally used it again for that. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But that 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 original version version with Flea and Stephen Perkins was pretty solid too. I liked it. Very different. Very very different. Very different. 
<sighs> so what I got here, I know Jeff likes these guys. Um, these guys are the OG prophets of rage. Yeah. Right? This uh this was uploaded ten years ago by uh by Chongo on your back. Um has 173 views and it's uh yeah, the original Prophets of Rage singing Tire Me. Dude, this Prophets of Rage is so cool, man. <laughs> it's funny because they, they look like they're, because they're, it looks like they're all like, um, like uh, they're all hit the like Hispanic guys, but they're all wearing like the, the buttoned up flannels all the way to the neck. Oh, yeah. And then the bass player even has like the bandana, like the suicidal tendency bandana on. Nice. And then it looks like they're playing at like a birthday party in some small little club because there's like balloon, like if because the, the camera kind of goes out into the crowd and there's like only maybe like 20 people there. But there's like birthday balloons like up on the wall. I'm just like I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> it's great. I love it. This, this Prophets of Rage is great. Way better than the the one that came out a few years ago. So that was good. Solid that was good. Stuff. I like those guys. I do too. I wish they would have stuck around, but they probably got honestly. They probably got sued. That was back. Or they probably when, like, got like a Rage was probably a little more greedy than they probably should have been. I feel like well, they, no, I, I feel like they oh. embrace them now. No, but I feel like they would have gotten like a cease and desist from Prophets of Rage, like the one that with B. Oh, I see. and Chuck D. Like when they decided to use that name, they probably got a cease and desist. To and that makes sense. Because they're fucking douchebags. But I don't know. I don't know who they are. I don't know. Uh, this next one I have here, you might like this one. This is uh, kind of like a, I guess a metalcore version of it. It's from um, a band called The Barber. <laughs> this is a... Um, Uploaded on SoundCloud. I don't know when, but it, yeah, it's up on SoundCloud somewhere. It's not on YouTube. So here's a here's the Barber's version of Tire Me.
What do you think? Um, it was good. I liked it. I didn't, I didn't find it on Spotify. I looked real quick to see if it was on Spotify. I couldn't find it. That was cool. That was a solid cover. <laughs> it's so good. It's so <laughs> fucking good. Oh my god, dude! Like the way they they kind of like turn it into like a hardcore punk song too is yeah. so rad. Oh my god, that's so it was awesome. I lo- it was like my my favorite cover. I feel like we've played on the board. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It was good. Is it? It's so it's so fun. Like the barber, like normal spelling of the barber. Yeah, Damn, yeah, the barber B A R. It was uh yeah uploaded by somebody named Sound Sound Raider U. So I don't know. That must be like a like a bot that automatically uploads like band music. Like Tunecore. What? It's Tunecore. That's like a place you can give them like ten bucks and they'll upload your song to every platform. Oh yeah, that must be it. it must be something like that. Yeah, there's a barber on here, but I don't see Tyler on any of their albums. Ah, it's good. Though. It's on SoundCloud. I'm not if anybody wants to, to go it. check it out. What? I'm not gonna listen on SoundCloud. Of course not. Too difficult for you. Huh? Is it the Barbers? No, just the barber. Are you, singular. Are you sure it's singular? There's only one barber. I'm positive, 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 posi vibes. Damn, that sucks. Because <laughs> you wanted to add it to a playlist, huh? Yeah, that'd have been like at least <laughs> two playlists right there. <laughs> That's it's really <laughs> good. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll try to search around too, see if I can find it because I, I want to add it to my playlist as well. The vocals reminded me of, of whoever does vocals for the band Hotwire. Oh yeah, the yeah. What's his name? Oh my god, what's his fucking name? I don't know, dude. Also what? in Fake Figures. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, what the his name? it was good. Yeah, skid. It's a good, very good. It's a good, very good. Skid. Uh, this next one. Um, it's for all the ladies in the his house. Yeah, that's really what it is. It's not really. Uh, it's not a cover, actually. It's just a video I found. Um, cool. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna send you the video because I think <laughs> it's because we can all watch it. <laughs> yeah. I um, it just it's just I think it might be the oldest video, like one of the oldest videos on YouTube. It was uploaded 13 years ago, uh, so on November 25th, 2006. It's really fucking old. It what just says Wade Bridge Flood Floodlight Cyclocross Race, January 2006, taken and edited by Josh and Jake Chadwick, and it's really bad quality, and it's just it's kind of nice, it's just kind of charming. It's <laughs> This song and it's just some dudes <laughs> in the dark. This is stupid. Like, they're like racing in the dark I don't, on like I don't road care bikes. How, how much you try and church this up? These guys are just like. <laughs> it looks like they're on. Like, you know, there's mountain bikes. I thought they were on like, like. They look like road gears. bikes. Yeah, they look like fixed gears. But yeah. then a couple guys are on mountain bikes, and they're not even <laughs> going very fast. I mean, I think like mountain or like the the fixed gear Tour de France stuff is kind of boring anyway. It's more of a marathon than it is a race. <laughs> and so watching it in this format with Tire Me that's only a three minute song I think it's kind of it's kind of lame not only that but you can barely see him because it's at night yeah and there's very no bad lighting <laughs> and it's like at 240p the video is so such bad quality uh, but I love it yeah there's uploaded by a man named Phil Hag- Hagarth like I said November 25th 2006 and um, yeah I don't know it's one of the early videos of YouTube this is what people were uploading to YouTube back in the day like That's kind of cool. Phil still uploading vid- videos as of three months ago. Christmas 2019 video. No shit. Yeah, family yeah, holiday in right. Sermione, Italy. Seven views. <laughs> he, has, he has more biking videos. He has Three Peaks 2019. Yeah. Rob, Rob Jeb winner first through Cold Coats. Dang, man. Yeah, look at that. He really likes biking. 
That's cool. Good for him. I wonder if that is Good the oldest film. video on YouTube. No, the oldest video is uh, like it's called like going to the zoo or something like that. But I think it came out in 06 as well. <laughs> Me at the zoo. Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, April twenty third, two thousand five. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that. so old. Yeah. Weird, right? It was. It was by the co-founder. So weird to think about that YouTube's been around for that long, and that's the first video ever. Fucking stupid. Yeah. But uh, yeah. There you go. Oh, I should turn this off. Huh? <coughs> I, want I just want. I, oh, the video stopped. <laughs> the video stopped before Perfect. you can even finish. Perfect. The best ah, part they even put in there. Awesome. Son of a Good bitch. job, Phil. Yeah, his thanks, was. Phil. That was his name Phil? Phil Haygarth. Yeah. I think it was Phil Haygarth. Gasgarth. Ah, so there you go. I just wanted you, I wanted you to see that. I thought you'd, you'd enjoy it, but I don't know why. <clears throat> so that's um, that's pretty much it for the song. Unless you got anything else to say? Uh, I don't. I don't. Okay, then let's uh, let's get into our MVP of the song. Okay. What do you Ooh. got? What do you got? So I, I wanted to go with Zach initially. Mm-hmm. But I think if you took him out, I would still really like this song. So it can't be Zach for me. Okay. It just can't. He does Fair elevate enough. it, but the song would still be good if not great without him. Um, I think my MVP is, is, is going to have to be the, the orchestra, the boys, the boys minus Zach. I'm doing all three of them. <laughs> wow, this is I can't, unprecedented. I can't, I can't pick one. I truly unprecedented. can't. Unprecedented. If I try and pick one out, the other two can't quite carry it the same without that other person. That's a very good point. Very, I'm, very good So point. my MVP is the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> As I call the boys. Ah, there you go. Well, my MVP, it is B-dubs, otherwise known as Brad Wilk. He doesn't get a lot of MVPs, but he really shines here. And um, But a, a close runner-up is Zach. But B-dubs, man, he just he kills it every, every part, just right out the gate, just just super heavy and fast. And like with the with the Jackie Onassis part where it's just him hitting the, the hi-hat with his foot, just... Well, but you hear like the opening it and closing it. Like sometimes you yeah. only hear like the closing part, but you also hear like it hitting the top, and you can hear it opening. Yeah, love that. I love it too. And then my favorite part of the whole song is the B Dubs part, and it's when the it's after the first. Wait, is it after the first verse? I think it is. And the music stops, and then just B Dubs comes comes in with the roll, like, and then it just breaks back into it. Best part of the whole song. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, that was a great impression of a snare drum. Yeah. yeah, yeah there you go. So yeah, he's my he's my uh, my one and only, my one and only on this song, my MVP. Ooh, one and only. B Dubs, B Dubs. You're still the one. You're still the one and only. I fucking hate that song. Oh, come on, Tyler. The song is so shitty. Come on, Tyler. So bad. So bad. Anyway, that's it for Rage Against the Pod, otherwise known as Rap Pod. Got anything else to say? Mm, I don't. I don't either. So go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us. And there, follow us on social media uh, at Rage Against the Pod. And uh, that's it. That's all. I got nothing else to say. <sighs> I think I'm listening to some Shania Twain tonight. <laughs> I'm in the mood. You're such <laughs> dummy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ah. <sighs> She was boss in the 90s, dude.